HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Wisconsin Cheese, where cheesemakers have been making award-winning cheese for generations. Go to wisconsincheese.com to order directly from Wisconsin dairies to your home. As the news of coronavirus reverberates throughout the world, we at HRN are especially concerned about how coronavirus will impact our food system. We will use our platform to support the restaurant, agriculture, hospitality, and other food-related industries by maintaining our coverage and operations. As social distancing becomes the temporary norm, podcasts are more important than ever. There's never been a more crucial time to stay informed about the state of our food system and the ways that food connects our global community. We're sharing all of our COVID-19 coverage at heritageradionetwork.org COVID-19. From interviews with nonprofit leaders and journalists, to first-hand accounts from chefs and restaurant owners, to reports on how this crisis is affecting regional farms. Our team is working remotely from all over to keep food radio alive. HRN needs your support more than ever to keep sharing essential stories and resources with our listeners. Make a donation of any amount. Visit heritageradionetwork.org donate. Welcome to Food Without Borders, a show about food, politics, and identity. I'm your host, Sari Kamen, and you're listening to HeritageRadioNetwork.org. My guest today is Phil Rosenthal. He's the creator and host of Somebody Feed Phil, which just was released for its third season on Netflix. Phil and I will be speaking about what it's like to release a TV show about traveling the world eating at restaurants during the coronavirus pandemic. Thanks so much for tuning in to this special episode. So thank you for taking a little bit of time to, to hang with me. It is so wonderful to see you. Last time I saw you was in winter, I think, in New York. Right. The world has changed since then. Where's your place? We, I live in Brooklyn, but right. I'm, I'm quarantining in upstate New York at my in-laws. In oh. Socrates, New York. Oh, safer, right? You can you can probably walk around a little more freely there. Yeah, I mean, we don't really go anywhere, but there's lots of outdoor space. You know, it's basically in the woods, so there's really yeah there's nowhere to go, which is fine. Like it's so isolated that it's kind of you know all you're already isolating just by being here, so it's sort of ideal. So, but it, when you go to town, it's like empty. Everyone is staying in. 
I, I mean, we don't even really go to town. You know, we get our really? groceries delivered. Um, I would have thought that in more rural areas, it was more lax. That's it kind is. of what it is. I mean, and it's like, a, it's a weird vibe because you see a lot of people not wearing masks because they just don't really, they're not that impacted by it. You know, like they don't sure. necessarily know people or have family or friends right. who have it. So they don't really understand the gravity of it. So they just kind of like are going about their normal routine. So we just kind of avoid it, you know? Yes. Yeah. It's just weird to see, like when you see that bar in Austin the other night. Oh, it's upsetting. Yeah. With no masks, when you see like oh. the idiots in the pool all together, it's crazy. It's so infuriating. You just, yeah. Yeah. There's anyway. just so many levels of rage <laughs> happening at the same time. There's so many things to be angry about. Um, but luckily, you are not one of those things, and neither is the new season of Somebody Feed Phil, <laughs> which is why we're talking here today. Did you, it's very did exciting. They send hmm? you a link? Yes, I've watched oh, almost all of it in a day. Oh, wow. <laughs> well, not all of it, but about half of it. All right, does it hold up, you think? Am I still in business? I think you're, you, don't, you don't need to quit your day job yet. <laughs> you're still good, you made me laugh. Good. <laughs> um, but it's an interesting time to be watching it, I have to say. Yes. Um, and I wonder what that experience of kind of like being, you know, in the midst of promoting it and thinking about it so much right. feels like for you now that we can't travel or go to restaurants. Exactly. Uh, and I, of course, I've thought about this. I'm sure but you have. <laughs> here's what I think. Yes, you could watch it one way and go, oh, I remember when you could go to about Remember when we could get on a plane and go where we wanted? Remember when we could just travel and hug people and eat together and go? And yes, the, of course you're gonna have that feeling, but I want you to also have this feeling. And this is something we don't think about because we're so all consumed with the news and with what, we, what we're presented with on a daily basis. And that's something terrible and tragic that we're all going through. Yeah. But I also know that it's going to end. Yeah. It's going to end. And why do I know so much? Because it's ended every other time there's been something <laughs> bad. Empiric right? Empirical evidence. <laughs> yes. And so it's not going to end uh, in the time uh, frame that we want, which is yesterday. <laughs> it's not going to end tomorrow and it's not going to end next week. But it is going to end. And so what I want, the way I want people to watch the show is Number one, an escape. Number two, the way you've always watched it. Yeah. Oh, honey, let's go there. Mm. And then plan your vacation. Yeah. Because you want, number one, something to look forward to, mm -hmm. which is all of life is something to look forward to. That's why we get up in the morning. We need something to look forward to. I want your next vacation to be that thing you're looking forward to. Because then when this ends, you're going to go. You're going to take the vacation. So use the show that way, and that'll change your whole attitude, not just about watching the show, but about your life. Mm -hmm. um, that makes sense. I love that. <laughs> um, so I guess for in this moment, while we can't go on those vacations yet, um, I mean, you said something actually in the Montreal episode that really struck me for its, its poignancy, is that even if you can't travel, restaurants transport us. That's right. And now, takeout and delivery is transporting me. 
Mm. So we can't go anywhere for a couple of months, right? We've been stuck in the house. What's my release? What's my travel? The menu. Mm -hmm. Where would you like to go tonight? Mm. So we're ordering Ethiopian food. We're ordering Thai food. We're ordering Chinese food. We're ordering Italian food. We're ordering Mexican food. The whole world is available to us still. It's just in a different package. So here comes, I've had some of the meals of my life. I'm not even kidding. At my kitchen table with my family out of cardboard boxes. Not kidding because we're in, yes, a terrible time, but we're also in a golden age of takeout mm. where the restaurants, because they have to, are focusing all their energy and creative talent and effort into the takeout game. And so it's all been elevated. They, it's not the side business. It's the business. The business. And they don't know if maybe this is going to be their only business for a while, right? Yeah. So they're making it as good as possible. I mean, you're in Saugerties, so I don't know how, many, how much takeout you have. But I'm in Los Angeles, and we, we have the world coming to us. And if you're in a major city, people, the world is outside your door. Yeah. And you don't have but to I do have, though. I have cookbooks. There you go. From from beautiful authors from all over the world, and um, you know, I, I can't, I don't have the access that you do in LA, but it's been a great time to try and think about what do I want to eat, and then try and recreate it and rise to that challenge. And do you do it? Is it? Have you been happy? Yeah, I love cooking. It makes me really happy great. to be able to do it. That's great. Um, I'm not so good at it. I know it's not it's not so much your thing, but that's okay because you're the the restaurant and travel guy. But I love anyone who does it. <laughs> well, I like you. being the beneficiary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, I would also say, you know, just from the experience of watching your show in the past couple of days, that that was so transportive for me, and I was, oh. and that actually was like a wonderful feeling, like to get excited. Into your point, to think about when the world reopens again you know all of the amazing flavors and places to go like i actually felt for the first time kind of lifted up by like the excitement of travel instead of feeling sad that i couldn't travel in this moment actually oh i'm so happy that's all i want mm -hmm. yeah well well thank you for that mm -hmm. um so okay season three yes i'm not gonna give too many spoilers away or i don't know it might be out by this time um but what what felt different to you and what was like what did you take from season one and two that you knew you know you wanted to kind of maybe approach the season a little bit differently i still feel like we're in our infancy if we're so lucky to continue mm -hmm. uh this is only you know i only have done 28 total episodes that's not a lot in terms of television right well, not it's, compared to everybody loves raymond exactly <laughs> but uh, also not just it's it's a lot for people who never travel that's a lot yeah. or have ever made a tv show i guess it's a lot uh but for me what i take from season one and two is almost uh, uh subconscious meaning i don't know how it changed but when i see the result i say oh we're now better at doing this I look a little bit more comfortable to me, mm -hmm. highly subjective, of course, but I like to think if we do something over and over that we start to get better. That's how it should be anyway, right? As long as you know 
fall back and get lazy. But if you care, hopefully you find what works, what doesn't work. You, you, there's a better way of working together with your, with your brother and your production team, right? Uh, the show has a little bit of a, of a structure to it, and we understand what that structure is. I don't have to work so hard in editing because I know that the people who get the film first understand what the show is and they start putting it together that way. So I think the editing is better, the photography is better, everything is better because we've streamlined the process knowing what the show is. Right. I don't know if that comes across to a viewer, but that's how I, I feel. Yeah, but what about, what about you? Like how has the experience of you know, now doing so many trips and so many times yes. you've traveled, how has yes. that changed you? And like, how has it changed your experience of like going to a foreign country and navigating and interacting with people who live there? Right. So, you know, my joke is uh, how I sold the show. I'm exactly like Anthony Bourdain if he was afraid of everything. Right. And obviously I'm never, ever going to be a superhero like him. However, I am getting a tiny bit more adventurous. You can't help but not, you have to. If you do it a bunch of times, you know, you're ready for the next baby step into the unknown. You and ate the, live octopus in Seoul. Uh, barely dead, yes. It was, it, when you, it turns out when you kill an octopus, it doesn't automatically stop moving right away. Yeah, it was interesting yeah. to watch that moment for you. Like I could, like you, like we as you know viewers, I guess I'll speak for myself, could see you processing it, and like yes. you, it seemed like your instinct was to like lean into the fear, and then there was something about you that was like, no, <laughs> here I am, like I I want to grow, like I want this to be a learning experience without any like cultural judgments whatsoever, like I'm gonna open myself to this experience, which requires a little bit of work, right? Like doing the thing yeah. that doesn't feel comfortable. But you know what, that's, that's every time I do it, whether I love what I'm tasting or experiencing or not, uh, the, the tasting is its own reward. Yeah. And how right? was it? It was good. I, is it my favorite thing I ever ate? No. But <laughs> I love having tried it. Yeah. Right? And now I'm not afraid. It right. It's like when I, when I had durian. I was scared to death. I thought it was going to be the most disgusting. Everyone has said the, the, the most vile things about this poor fruit. And I thought the smell alone would kill me. Mm -hmm. But there I was in Bangkok and they opened it up and I was really holding my breath because I didn't want to be, I didn't want to throw up on cameras, what happened. <laughs> and it was fun. Yeah. It tasted, I don't know, fruity. That's all I could say. And yeah. then I tasted it and it was cold and it was like ice cream. Mm -hmm. Now. Do, do, I thought it was delicious. Now, did I get a, a one that wasn't overripe? Did I get a perfectly ripe one? Did I get one that tasted good because it was cold at that moment? I don't know. All I know is in the two times more that I've tasted since then, I've liked it. And again, everyone's different. So who, the, I, who knows? One person may take that chewy octopus and go, I'm never, ever putting that in my mouth. And when I do it, I have to kill myself. Now, Another person would go, I have it every day. It's my favorite food. That's what, that's what makes people. Yeah. And that whole scenario you just described about um, eating the durian is like, like the whole metaphor for your show, right? Like it's, a, yeah. it's about just removing the fear. Yes. So, you know, putting yourself in situations that don't necessarily feel comfortable, whether it's like 
just going to a new city, talking to someone different, trying a different food. It's all about taking out the fear so that we're just removing any sort of negative connotations we might have about something because once you've tried it, you know, potentially you might like it. You ever see that movie, uh, Defending Your Life, Albert Brooks? No. Oh, I'm going to make your life a little better. Well, I you, are, you, you already rent, do, but I'll take it. Rent this movie, uh, go online, go to iTunes, mm -hmm. look at Defending Your Life. You know who Albert Brooks is? I do. You saw Lost in America, maybe. Yes. All right, Defending Your Life happens to be exactly what you're talking about right now. And I want you to see it. You're going to laugh. You're going to cry. I want you to write to me as soon as you see it. I will. Okay. Challenge accepted. And thank you for the hot tip. Despite challenging circumstances, dairy farmers are working hard to make sure communities across the country have fresh, nutritious food to keep us healthy during these uncertain times. It's more important than ever to eat, enjoy, and support real dairy. Want to help? Go to wisconsincheese.com where you can order award-winning Wisconsin cheese directly from cheesemakers to keep our family dairy farms in business for generations to come. Well, I, I actually am glad you mentioned Anthony Bourdain because I you know couldn't help but think about him, especially during the Montreal episode. Um, yes. that you did because there was there was places that you visited that he also visited, and then there was places that you visited that he didn't. And you know, it must be really um, like I'm sure it's it's part of your thought process, like as you create the show and go to some of these places that appeared um, that you want to honor him and pay homage yes. to him and not just kind of repurpose the, the work that he did. And I was wondering yeah. how, how your thoughts about him enter your thoughts about creating an episode. Uh, my show is only a take on the kind of show that he reinvented, right? That he pioneered. And again, he's a superhero. He, and he has a very specific angle, a lens on eating and traveling that I don't have because I'm not him. I didn't live his life. I wasn't a great chef and an author. I'm a comedy writer and a human being that is decidedly and even proudly a tourist. I think a word that he would hate <laughs> if applied to him. He wouldn't call himself a tourist, right? He's a, he's a, he's a more an adventurer and I think he considers himself a true citizen of the world. Because he's earned it. I have not earned it. That's okay. You know, if I have one stripe, right? He was festooned with medals and stripes and honors. That's the difference. So there are times when the production company, when we find a place that we want to go, we should tell you that Bourdain went here. Oh, maybe we shouldn't go because it's been done. Uh, no, we have a feeling you're going to have a different take on it. And I usually do. There are times when I've heard that he's done it, that I want to see it. And I see it and I go, well, that makes sense. That's the only way to look at that place. It's obvious. So I can't, I don't want to go. So it's both. There are things I want to go because he's been there and I think I'll have a different take. There's times I've been to, I, I, let me tell you this story. You have time? I don't know how much time you have. So there was a place in, there was a place in Rome that, uh, my friend told me, this was off the show, 
my friend told me there's a, a restaurant that Bourdain did when he did Rome and he didn't want to say the name. He didn't want to spoil it. Right. He didn't want to spoil the, the, the kind of hidden quality of this. Yeah. Uh, but we think this is the place. And they sent me to a place. They say, if you see Anna Magnani, a poster of Anna Magnani on the wall, you'll know that's the place that was in the Bourdain thing that he went crazy yeah. over. Okay. I go in. Not only is the picture of Anna Magnani, there's 25 pictures of Anthony Bourdain. This is the place. <laughs> and I'm eating, and it is fantastic. Really fantastic. And the lady who owns the place comes over. She recognizes me from my show. And she goes, we're so happy you're here. Thank you. Would you do us a favor? Would you please mention that you've been here? <laughs> she didn't want it to be secret. She wanted people to know. That's why yeah. they let Bourdain in. Right, right. That's pretty hilarious. And I'm not yeah. surprised at all to hear that. <laughs> um, I just, I want to point out a moment in, in one of the episodes that I just thought was so beautiful. It was the Marrakesh episode. And you were sitting there and you were eating dinner on this beautiful rooftop with these, you know, lovely, charming young men and drinking tea. And um, all of a sudden you heard the call to prayer and a mosque oh. and then another, mo and another call to prayer and another mosque. And it was just so symphonic. And I mean, just even watching it, it was a moving experience. But you seemed truly moved. Like something I'm happened. moved right now, just at the memory of it. Yeah. And you said to them, this, this experience has never happened to me before. And oh. yeah. Yeah. That's why you go. That's why you I go. And I just. Like yeah, and you know, it's just, it was so lovely to me to see, like, you've, you've traveled to so many places now. You've been around the world and back again, but you really experienced something that you had never experienced before, and something really stirred in you. And I, I just wanted to talk about that moment, why it seemed so important to you to convey to those men that you had never had this particular experience before. It was one of those eight life grand moments. Mm -hmm. And I wanted them to know that we're, they live could be so moving to some new guy who had just been there for a night or two. Uh, for people who haven't seen it yet, I'm just sitting on a rooftop restaurant, a spectacular setting. You can imagine the rooftops of Marrakesh all around you and the trees and the sunset. And suddenly you hear this beautiful call to prayer from a mosque. And you look and you see the mosque and it's, you know, there's a loudspeaker and it's, it's so evocative of a time and place and movies and, and romance of, of Marrakesh, Morocco, right? Casablanca. And then you hear another one and from over there, from over your left shoulder. And then ahead of you and to the right, you hear another one. And you realize the whole place is connected through this ancient religious calling. It's phenomenal. It's a phenomenal experience and very, yes, very moving because my world isn't like that, right? Maybe I'll hear a church bell now and then. Maybe, but we don't have this where the whole, all, all the citizenry, the citizenry of the, of, the, of the place is connected at this specific moment. There's something to be said for that. Right? Whether you believe in that religion or not, there's this unifying thing. And it's a moment to stop, consider, I get it. Yeah. 
I, I had a similar experience in Jerusalem as a, as a young person traveling there with my family, hearing that call to prayer for the first time and just, yeah. you know, not knowing what it was. I couldn't immediately recognize it because I'd never heard it before, but it resonated because it, I think it was the oldness of it. You know, I'd never right. heard anything so um, just, just deeply spiritual like that before. And I just, right. I'll never forget it. So I loved, right. I loved watching that moment with you. Oh, thanks. Um, what I know you, you, you get great takeout and that's, you know, I'm glad <laughs> keeping you well nourished and happy, but is there a restaurant that you are excited to go to in person once it's safe to do so? Yeah. It's the diner down the street. It's the <laughs> simplest thing. The simplest thing that I did without thinking many times a week, the coffee shop that I walk to every single day when I'm home, I go a mile and a half. It's a good walk. And when I'm there, I have the best coffee in the world with my neighbors who live in the same town as me, right? The same little part of LA. And it's, it feels like Mayberry. <laughs> That's how it feels. And boy, do I yearn for that connection again yeah. with my neighbors and with people and people I meet. And then just the simple joys that we take for granted. Here's what I think when it opens up again. We're going to be so happy and so grateful for two weeks. <laughs> and yep. then we will be people again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, on that note, I, there is a person here who wants to say hello to you. So I'm going to oh. let them in. Let them um, in. Let's see. Where are they? <laughs> there they are. Sound is, let's unmute them. It's my mom. Oh, hello. <laughs> There's no way she would let me have a conversation with you without <laughs> joining and saying hello. You know, I didn't Absolutely. get to see you last time. Now I get to see you. Hi, who are you? <laughs> Phil, oh, meet Kathy Kamen. Kathy Kamen, meet Phil. We Kathy, met did each I, other. Did I hear that you're in San Diego? Yes, I met you when you came to speak at the JCC. Oh, yes, of course. Yes, yes, I'm sorry. We had a big hug. And I'm very old. It wasn't even virtual. You're right. Oh, yeah. It was better. Yeah. Someday we'll hug again. I the hugs are coming back. They have to come back. You want to live in a world without hugs? It's got to happen. No. No. Right? No. <laughs> Science will find a way. It's hard. It's so, Mom, um, Phil's new season is coming out this week. Yeah. And I told. <laughs> I mean, I know you know because you're his biggest fan, That's even though right. I'm his favorite person. Well, <laughs> I need you, so there. <laughs> and it it comes out the day before my my big birthday, so I told Phil it was my birthday present. I know, oh. mine too. <laughs> when you say wait, when you say big birthday, what does that mean? Oh, you don't look. I was going to say thirty. I wasn't going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. That's I nice. I got good jeans, as you can see. <laughs> so I'm I'm twice your age, dear. Uh huh. Well. Yeah. Twice as fun. You're twice her age? I don't think so. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. By the way, thirty. Thirty is the, the number of years that I've been married. This. I'm year. not. I'm not turning thirty, Phil. Forty. Oh yes, of course. But uh, in my mind, you're thirty. Great. In my mind, I'm 24, so we're good. In my mind, you're four. <laughs> That's a mother. 
That never goes away. Yeah. She was four for so many years. It was amazing. Yeah. Okay, this, this yeah. show is not about me. It's about Phil. But we were married 30 years, and we were going to go to Venice, Marrakesh, and Paris for our anniversary in April. And then, look what happened. Yeah. Uh, and I was going to go back to Marrakesh. That's how much I loved it because she didn't get to go with me. And I wanted to show her this. Yeah. Well, I miss my honeymoon in Italy and then my 40th birthday oh. trip to Paris. So I can oh, relate to that. So you're going to do both when this is over. Yeah. <laughs> You'll do a combo trip, right? Yeah. We actually had a trip to Italy scheduled and then canceled it when COVID got bad in Italy, rebooked it for Mexico City, and then had to cancel that one. <laughs> By the way, they got to go there. Two honeymoons. <laughs> Mexico City, I can't wait to go back there. I think it's phenomenal. It looks so much amazing. fun. Yes, I had. You um you went to uh, a lot of oh it was your it was your episode of Mexico City, and wow. I was watching I was while we were researching. Yeah, that um oh. the tasting menu at Pujol. Oh, you did it! I'm and going to, to do it. <laughs> oh, you didn't do it yet. No, I've never been. I had to cancel the oh. trip. <laughs> well, because you were going to go now. I see. I thought you canceled Italy, so you went to Mexico City, but then you no, couldn't go to Italy. No, of course no, not. Can, and then anyway. canceled Mexico also. You know, we filmed two seasons from August to second week of January. So we got in just under the wire. Yes. Oh, good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm so excited. I can't be quiet. I'm sorry. Don't be I'm quiet. so happy you're I excited. I let you in. You're allowed to talk. It's so nice. You can talk. Yeah. Thank you. How have you been? Are you good? Hard. You know, I'm a teacher, so it's been hard doing virtual from home. And yes. uh, when we're going back to school, we're supposed to have summer. We don't know. We don't know about the fall. Or it might be tomorrow. We have no idea. So, How know. old are the kids that you teach? I'm in preschool, so I've got littles, very littles. And they're saying... Wow. And the kids can't wear masks. They won't keep them on. You know, they'll rip them off and they'll rip ours off. So she made a video that is going viral about how to, yeah. she has a little bunny puppet and teaches the bunny why they should wear a mask and puts a mask on. And it's send it the to me. sweetest thing you've ever seen. 2,000 hits on it now. I'll send it to you. Please do. I want to see it. It is so sweet. Yeah, it made cute. me cry. It was so sweet. Oh, that's so cute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, there are plenty of adults who don't know how to keep their masks on, so maybe we'll That's just... for sure. Yes. For sure. All of, I don't know. The I have one I issue with that. the masks. Where you know, I, when I, when I go out, I have the glasses. When I put the mask on, the glasses fog up. Fog up. They make a special mask. They said that has a little strip here. I, it's very yeah. expensive. Twelve ninety five. If you buy it, then you supposedly your glasses don't fog up. But twelve ninety five. I'll let my glasses. Let them fall down. Who cares? Oh my god! Wow, well, ninety-five. Now I'll take a zoom full of juice. Shonda, I'll tell you. <laughs> Arguing over the cost of a twelve ninety-five mask. <laughs> That's who we are. <laughs> so, well, I'm excited for tomorrow night. I cannot wait. You're going to stay up till midnight on Thursday oh. and watch. You know, sometimes when the season drops. Like you know, it goes on at midnight. But that when they say it's Friday, they mean they mean Thursday night at midnight. And I'll wake up in the morning and I'll check my uh, Instagram or Twitter. Hundreds of people have seen the whole season. They stayed up all, like crazy. 
It's that I don't good. Want, it's a dick. No, dance. don't do it. Don't. I, we spend months and months on every episode, and then it goes by and like you're half asleep. You just want to be the first to say I saw it. But you know what? Yeah. Comfort. I actually watch your show over. I can't. I've seen Tel Aviv now. I just watched it for the fifth time the other night. Oh. New York. I. I, I it comforts me. It comforts oh, nice. Me. These days, Thank I just watch you. it over and over again. Thank you. That's really. what I was saying. Yeah, it just feels good. Yeah. It does feel good, truly. That makes me happy. <laughs> then I have a purpose. Oh yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Well, thank you, Phil. It was so good to talk to you and catch up I love with you. talking to you guys. All right. I wish you lots of love and happiness. And uh, we'll hug and I'll see you. And I'll see you on the Zooms again because you're doing a MOFAT event about Jewish Jelly in June. I can't wait. Yes. It's going to be really, hope, really good. I hope I have something to say. <laughs> you might have some feelings about Jewish Jelly. I don't know. I, you know, I have you, a feeling it's going to be good. Uh, uh, you can order from a company called Gold Belly. You can order Russ and Daughters. They'll ship to you. Oh, Have yeah. you done it? Gold Belly's fabulous. Yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> I love them. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Right, yes. Thanks. So tell us, tell us a little bit more about like just you know how to keep in touch with you, where to follow you. Are you doing any more like live tweets with the show, things like that? Yes. Yes. I'll let people have a chance to watch the show first without me without reading my tweets along the way. I don't think that's a great way to see something the first time, right? Mm -hmm. So maybe a week or two later, I'll say, oh, I'm gonna live tweet to America. And then, you, then we can do it. And then I like going on Instagram and doing this and seeing the people yeah, and, and answering questions. It's so fun to do it. I did the Lisbon, you're live tweeting with my best friend, Maria, because we went to Lisbon together. And oh. so we like made a whole date, like we had, we each, you know, we're on, FaceTime because we're not together. Drank wine, had anchovies. We reminisced oh because Celia was our tour guide in Lisbon. Oh yes, we, we know Celia. Yes. So it was awesome. It was like, it was transportive. It was like it was almost as good as as being there. So thank you for that. Wow. I love that. You know, I have a, a, a in the in my little pantry. I have a stack of cans that I brought back from Lisbon. Did you bring back cans of fish? Oh, so many, so so many. The perfect little lunch, isn't it? You just yeah, pop it's it a great open, gift. It's a great a, lunch. Put it on bread or make a sandwich yeah. or just eat it right out of the thing. They're delicious. And especially, you know, in quarantine, it's I'm just my whole pantry stocked with them now. I just keep or, finding other places to order the ones that I tasted in Portugal for the first time, and I'm just where them. do they have them on Amazon? Where can I get them? I don't use Amazon really. Um, I there's a there's a wonderful place called Caputo's, which is out of Salt Lake City, Utah, that will ship nationally. Um, they have an amazing selection of conservas, including the um, the Jose Avale one with like the beautiful design. You can wow. get those there. So I did like a big box of them. And then Zingerman's is also a great place Ooh, um, in I the Midwest. Yeah, and they have a really nice selection also. So can I'm you trying send to, me link to uh, send me the link to Caputo. I will. Yeah, it's good because then you're supporting the businesses also that are like you know relying on delivery and order. I know. I should. We shouldn't do Amazon. If you can avoid it, you know, I know some things yes. are, it's tough, but yeah, it's been, it's been fun to find other places that just do it so well. Yes. Yeah. Well, thank you. You're my Let you. You're both so sweet and nice. Thank you so much. Thank you for coming back. It means so much to me and congratulations on the new season. I am excited to watch the rest and then rewatch it with you. Thank <laughs> you. Yeah. Thank you. Okay.
Love All you, right. Enjoy. Thank you. Bye. Love you. Come to see Bye. me. <laughs> Stay safe. Bye. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. This program is powered by Simplecast.